Hi, Rodney Jane here. Be safe these holidays with Bob Jane T-Mart's great getaway deals. Buy three, get the fourth tyre free on selected Bridgestone, Yokohama, Dunlop and J-Tracks. Up to $100 instant cash back on a range of Michelin, Continental, Goodyear, Bob Jane Zenon and Moto Sport X. Alloy wheels from only $125 and tyres from just $69, all with our best tyre price guarantee. We'll look after you. Test and apply. These two do not like each other. There are two parts of the story as always. Red flag, this is a suspended uh, race. Hey, it's the Park Up Podcast. We're powered by Race Fuels here. You knew that we're powered by Race Fuels, though. My name is Grant Rowley. We are getting very close to the start of the circuit racing motorsport season. Of course, if you like your speedway, that's been going on, and uh, they're right in the middle of that, getting really pumped for the... 50th running of the Grand Annual Classic. That's very exciting. That's coming up next week. Uh, but in the meantime, we've got some supercars chats. We've got some chats from the Speed Series. Uh, something for everyone in this podcast, in this parked up podcast. Uh, very soon, I'm going to catch up with Tim Slade. Of course, he has switched from Blanchard. He is going to Premier Racing, so a little bit more of a a local uh, local team for him. Uh, he's got some big news in his personal world as well because his wife Danny is uh, is about to give birth to Slade number two, which is very exciting for them. Heaps going on in the world of Team Slade. Catch up with him soon. Uh, we've got a chat with Zach Suter. He's got some big news in the TCR land. Of course, he was very competitive as a privateer Honda driver. For the past couple of years, he's now going to be a privateer Audi driver. And my good mate Heath McAlpine caught up with him. So you'll hear that soon. Plus, I have the full, unedited, uncut Fogues versus John Bow in uh, in its full. Of course, you heard uh, a little bit of that chat in Parked Up Plus on Monday. I've got the full chat here. And JB goes into why he is, uh, I don't want to say retiring. But this will be his last full-time year in Touring Car Masters, effectively the last time he puts himself out there going for a, uh, a full championship, Fifty more than 50 years as a professional race car driver. Even at the uh, ripe old age of 68, where he is now, he's, uh, I guess, still professional. So a, a big change coming for uh, for JB, But uh, and, and folks has got a really cool chat with him. Uh, at the end of this podcast, there's heaps to go through. Before we get into it, though, my good friends at Race Fuels, I just want to give them a little plug because they're so good to parked up. They're so good to the Australian motorsport community. And here's a little message from them. Race Fuels is Australia's leading supplier of racing fuel to national and state-level motorsport. And its range of racing fuels includes the BP Supercars E85, which is available to grassroots races. For power and protection over pump fuel, Race Fuels imports the Elf Race 102, as used by Porsche Carrera Cup and the Touring Car Masters. More info on Race Fuels E85 and Elf Race 102 is available at racefuels.com.au. There you go. That is Race Fuels, and this is Tim Slade. He is going to drive for Premier Racing 
in supercars this year, a new era of supercars, Gen 3. He's got some Trans Am stuff coming up at Simmons Plains as well. Very exciting. Lots to talk to him about. And here he is, Tim Slade on Parked Up. Hey, it's great to have Tim Slade back on the Parked Up podcast, Sladey. Uh, off season is almost done. We're getting ready for racing. How's your break? Hello, mate. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm chomping at the bit to, to get back into it. I guess it was a bit of a unique end to the year for us last year in that there was a, well, we basically had a month off between the second last round and the last round, and then we've had another three months off now, isn't it? What, December, January, February? So, well, probably not that long. We're meant to obviously be in the cars at, at the end of uh, end of this month, early next month. So, um, yeah, definitely looking forward to, to getting back into it all. It was pretty cruisy sort of off-season for, for me or us as a, as a family. Danny's uh, actually due next week with, uh, with number two. So, yeah. yeah, we didn't really want to venture too far away from home. So, yeah, it's just been a pretty, pretty cruisy off-season. Back up, baby, number two. <laughs> yeah yeah exactly <laughs> hey so um yeah the uh, there's just so much going on uh in the off in, in the off season for our supercars teams uh and and so much for yourself as well with the change from uh your mate Timmy Blanchard's team to Premier Racing it is a team that is firmly putting its mark on uh as, as a uh, as a player in in the sport uh, you haven't raced with them yet. You've obviously had a fair bit to do with them, and I'm sure you've uh, been into their uh, workshop and starting to get a feel and a vibe for what that team's about. What's your take? Um, you know, before we hit the ground running for your first season with them, but also that added complication of uh, the the uh, the new cars and the Gen Three era. Um, yeah, well, I guess I've known um, Pete. Uh, Shiverus for a few years now through oh, a, a mutual friend, Chad Parrish. Um, and I guess, yeah, a, a lot of people probably didn't really know who Pete was before he got into the sport. So, um, yeah. And, and obviously once we, I guess, got talking a bit more seriously about, uh, about this year, you know, you, you get to know each other a little bit more and yeah, I mean, he's, um, he's a super dedicated guy works crazy hard um with with whatever he's doing whether it's you know business or, or the race team um so yeah and and you know he, he wants to to do it to be successful nothing else so i guess yeah i really like um you know his intentions uh, you know around the the race team um and you know he's he's put together a a really good little team in in a short period of time um yeah i have spent a bit of time there now and you know we, we'd, we'd been pitted next to him all year but yeah once i, I guess got in there and, and um you know met everyone properly and, and and got to know them you know in the last sort of couple of months it, it actually surprised me a little bit with the, the amount of experience of um of the people there so um yeah that's that's you know nice to know um and i think for us with the whole gen three side of things. I think we're perfectly, um, no, I won't say perfect, but positioned well, um, given that we don't have to have the stress of, um, you know, building our own cars, you know, in our own workshop. Um, you know, we've, I guess it's no secret that we're, we're buying cars, um, 
from triple eight, but in saying we're not building them, I guess we, we kind of are because the mechanics are up there with triple eight. Um, yeah. Building, building the cars. So that that's, that's good in itself in that, you know, um, the cars are so different to the gen two cars. So if um, you know, to me, there's kind of no point having a, a technical relationship with, with triple eight. If, uh, if your cars are being, you know, built differently, you know, I'm not talking about major things, but, you know, there could be 10 tiny little things that are different and then it kind of, you know, makes the, the technical relationship, yeah, not, not really that valid. So I think it's, it's, yeah, it's awesome that our guys are up there building the cars with them and, and, you know, learning the way that they, I guess, are going about it. And yeah, it's just a, it's a crazy time for everyone getting, getting these new cars built. So had the opportunity to, to drive the, the prototype a couple of times last year and, um, yeah, actually, I, I really enjoyed it. So, um, yeah, it'd be nice to see the, the finished product, um, yeah, come the end of the month. I guess we're seeing a lot of um, not bad press, but concerned articles about how it's all coming together and how it's all going to be last minute. I think uh, the facts that we probably should be focusing on is that these cars are actually going to get out there. It might be delayed at might have cost a little bit extra than everyone was hoping, but you know we're going to see a full field come out to Sydney Motorsport Park for for a test. We're going to see a full field of these cars for uh, Newcastle as well. It is a short amount of time. When you do talk to the, the guys at Premier, what's the what's the vibe like now about you know how stressful this might be as we uh, build up towards Newcastle? Um, well, I guess it's all just a bit. Well, well, the take I get is all, all a bit unknown, really. I think the actual labour side of things isn't really of any concern um, because you've obviously got all of Triple Eight's guys, and you know they're obviously a powerhouse, but plus our guys as well. So it's it's like when when there's parts there, you know they rip in and and you know they're on the car. It's more so just like waiting waiting for bits and pieces to to come in to actually you know I guess assemble and and put on the car. So that that's probably the, the hold up really. I think if everything was there sitting on the bench, ready to put on the car, then there, there probably wouldn't be a massive amount of concern, but um, it's just, it's just the, the unknown because there's, there's things that are, I guess, outside of your control, you're, you're relying on, on other people. So yeah, like I think the, the, the vibe is, is all probably pretty, cruisy as a as a as a team just given that you know i guess like i said the it, it's probably more so in in triple eight's hands than than ours and i guess there's there's not a massive amount of other stuff to actually do back at the workshop before you before you have race cars sitting in there you know kind of preparing for for their first outing so yeah i mean don't get me wrong that the guys up there are um you know have got a lot on on their plate and, and are working hard though Cool, mate. We uh, we can't look. We can't wait to see how it all rolls out. Uh, unknowns, I think, will be the uh, you know when we do get to Newcastle and we see these things in anger for the first time when uh, when some proper stopwatches are uh, being put on it. So uh, uh, yeah, an, exi- think, an exciting think, time. I think um, yeah, like that. That's what's going to make it exciting is the the unknowns. Um, and what I was going to say before, but I forgot. Like I just hope that you know, we, we have these and I'm not sure, you know, what the rules are, are, are around it or whatever else, but, you know, with the, 
the three days that we're meant to have before the first round, the shakedown and then test day at, at your know, test track and then Sydney. I just hope that, you know, if, if things are running a bit behind for, for whatever reason, then they, you know, it obviously, you know, pending track availability, you know, we're still able to do those three days just to, at different dates. Cause I just think, yeah, the, the more running we can do in these cars, obviously being, you know, brand new things, the, the better, you know, heading into, into Newcastle just for, for the category as a whole. Yep. Uh, okay. You've, uh, you've been involved in uh, supercars for quite some time and you've probably spent just like everybody else, a lot of time sitting behind triple eight cars in front of you, uh, burning off into the distance. Correct me if I'm wrong. Is this like the first time that you've driven a car that is so closely aligned to, to triple eight, the, the powerhouse? Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. And actually I, I thought that and I was like, yeah, exactly like you say, I've done it for a long time. And I'm like, well, this will be the first time that I've, I've driven, uh, yeah, one of their, one of their cars and, and been associated with them. So yeah, that's, uh, it's pretty exciting for me. And of course, uh, you know, the, the triple eight cars that have had Vodafone or Red Bull plastered over them are typically the ones that you see at the front, but there is some uh, history that shows that their customer cars can also be very, very competitive uh, as well. That might, like that must be uh, something that can, yeah, just give you that little bit of reinvigoration for not just new team and not just new generation of cars, but you know that the that the uh, that where they've come from and the DNA that they've got uh, got in there got in them is um, you know going to give you the best possible chance. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like you know, we've seen with with uh, JC um at djr back in the day and then you know shane and and will at uh, at techno you know that they, they show in a in a you know triple eight customer car that that you can um you can obviously be extremely competitive and and you know some sometimes uh be be in front of them so i think yeah t8 uh do a very good job of of um that customer deal and i think just as a team you know you, you just have to make sure that you're I guess um, staying up to up to date with everything that um, that they're doing, and um, you know, no no different to if you're a customer of them or not. You you still need to be, um, I guess, yeah, dotting the i's, crossing the t's, and and um, getting the most out of everything. And yeah, I, I don't really think there's any question mark on on them holding back on on anything. I, you know, just from the outside looking in, it always seems to appear well. You know, if uh, if they get beaten with their own stuff, then then they just need to work harder, or they then they do work harder, and and then uh, yeah, they end up back in front of you. <laughs> so yeah, no, it's it's um, yeah, like I said, I'm I'm looking forward to uh, to to that relationship moving forwards. Yeah, cool. Uh, so what? Uh, maybe I should have paid more close attention to this, but uh, who have you got in your corner? What's the engineering status for your car? TBA, TBA, TBA. He's yeah. a it's a popular popular person in motorsport over the years. TBA or TBC? Yeah. Yep, yep. No, we're we're working on um yeah still still working away, but um yeah hopefully have something locked in soon. Perfect. Uh, okay, so uh, we've got some uh, supercars to look forward to, and and heaps of. Uh, news that we're going to see uh, born out of that. Um, there more, there's also some other racing that you're going to do prior to that with this 
uh, deal that people might have seen out there uh, already with uh, you driving at uh, Simmons Plains for the opening round of the Trans Am Series. You're going to drive for uh, Tom Williamson's new team, the Racing Academy, which is meant for uh, young up-and-comers. Now, I'm not saying you're old, but uh, you've probably been through the Racing Academy already, your own Racing Academy, uh, but you're coming on to do... Uh, the first round of that series, just while one of his young drivers um, needs to tick over another uh, another number on his age. He's currently 16. He needs to be 17 to race in that series. He's not going to get there before Simmons. So uh, you're going to step in and make your Trans Am debut. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 super cool. And I guess it, it came about through a good mate, Chad Parrish, and, and his mates um, with Tom's business partner, Doug Westwood. And basically, yeah, I, d- I just want to do as, as much racing as possible. Um, you know, we don't actually do a, a whole lot with the, the Supercars Championship. It's 12 races and normally three test days. So uh, it's something that I'm, I'm excited about. Funnily enough, Tom and I actually used to race um, go-karts against each other way way back when so yeah we've known each other for a long time and you know he's he's obviously been really successful with um with his karting team and and has a lot of i guess talent come through the the karting team and i think you know they've they've put this team together to to basically um well it, it allows them to to nurture some of the the talent that that comes through the the karting career and I know, you know, it, it's pretty hard when you, you don't have a lot of money and, you, and you're trying to make the transition from from carts to cars. And yeah, I guess um, it's nice to to have, you know, some guidance to, I guess, tell you where you need to be in what car, what category and, and whatever else. But um, I think it's it's extra, well, it's just extra helpful to, to be able to still work with those same, same people. And, you know, those people have contacts within the, the car racing industry and you know they're able to sort of place you um in in certain spots at, at, at the right time so um yeah i think i think it's um it's, it's really cool what they're doing um it, it's a shame that um that one of the guys like you say isn't isn't old enough to, to do the first round but um yeah good good for me yeah like i said it, it'll be it'll be cool to do some laps i'm i'm a fan of the category and yeah, I, I guess even better to, to be able to do some laps before, you know, uh, supercars year kicks off and looking forward to, to working with Tom, Doug and, um, and, and the two, two young lads in the team. Yeah, cool. Uh, and I guess uh, so part of the deal is that you'll stay as a, a mentor for the drivers uh, within the Racing Academy, uh, which is uh, an, an unbelievable resource for them. But even handier that you get to do a full race meeting. So you do get to intimately know what these cars are about. So you can uh, help transfer uh, that knowledge that you pick up just from that one meeting. At least you'll be able to talk the language to them as the season goes on. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, I mean, yeah, it would be hard, you know, I guess trying to, trying to help having not driven the cars, but um, yeah, to do some testing and then, uh, and then the race meeting will, will, um, be extremely handy in in that sense um and yeah i guess i've done it for a long time now so um yeah if we can sort of help out and in any way i can then um yeah i think it'll be be beneficial for everyone oh very good uh yeah so you say you you want to do some extra racing 12 supercars races still minimal testing a a fair bit of uh, pre-season testing this year because of the gen 3 stuff uh what what else would you 
uh, yeah, like to do to keep it going. We've seen some supercars guys do sprint cars over the uh, over the summer to kind of keep them uh, race sharp. Uh, yeah, there's other other drivers who are dabbling in other bits and pieces. Are you uh, are you open to anything, or are you uh, do you only want to do things that can benefit the your, your supercar stuff? Uh, no, I'm pretty pretty open to anything. I think, especially now with the the Gen three cars, like you know, I guess when we sort of jump in the the Gen two car, we've we've had them since what 2013, um, and you know, there's just that muscle memory and and certain feelings that you get, you know, wherever we go, you know, it's just kind of uh, automatically tuned into you, you know gears brake points whatever else you don't it just happens kind of subconsciously because we've done the same thing in the same cars for such a long period of time so yeah i think with a gen 3 car not really knowing what to expect and you're gonna have to have the ability to adapt i guess pretty quickly on on the fly to to what the car is doing yeah i think it's just going to be different to, to what we've had so i think yeah being able to drive different things um and i guess working on adapting to, to extracting the most out of whatever's underneath you um, at any particular time on any particular track is, is only going to be beneficial. So uh, I guess whatever, whatever pops up, but also, you know, I, I'd still love to do like, I love, I love, you know, the, the GT racing and I'd still love to do as much stuff. Um, well, not only here, but, but overseas as, as possible. Like I had, had some really cool racing lined up overseas in 2020 when I when I wasn't uh, full time, which COVID put an end to. So hopefully those opportunities come up again one day. But um, I guess just the the short answer to your question is uh, I'm open to anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very good. Uh, well, mate, look, your your mate Brad Schumacher, he uh, he loves it, and he's taking such big steps in uh, in in the GT racing world. So uh, maybe you can uh, have a little whisper to him and see if you can get him to uh, maybe go over and do a spa or uh, something like that. Tick some uh, tick some big boxes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's been been good. Um, working with Brad the last couple of years, and yeah, we we've developed um, you know quite a uh, a good relationship and. Um, yeah, it was cool to be able to finally do a race together last year at Bathurst. Um, and yeah, it's it's actually it's it's quite rewarding working with Brad because I think he's he's probably the the fastest amateur uh, driver in Australia, and he hasn't actually done a massive amount of um, of racing previously. Um, and it's kind of he's a bit the opposite to other AM guys that I've worked with. He's He's definitely not lacking in the uh, in the downstairs department. So the all, all the fast stuff is is kind of no worries. It's probably just because of his lack of um, you know racing. It's probably a bit more of the the technical stuff. But you know, nine times out of ten, you can you can tell him you know what he needs to do um, and how he needs to do it, and he, he can go out and do it. So yeah, it's it's um, it's also you know just rewarding working with him just I guess on a bit of a, a coaching level as well so yeah but but even even cooler I guess when you when you actually get to race together yeah cool yeah absolutely one of the good guys and uh looking forward to see how he goes in uh in all of his racing this year uh okay mate and on a personal level it has also been a pretty busy period for you, you got married at the end of 
2022. Uh, you're due for uh, baby number two. So I understand you It's uh, you already know the sex. It's already, you, you know that it's, you've got a girl coming? Yep. yep to join yep. with your boy. So you've got one of each, one of each flavor. Uh, is that the end? Is, is this uh, court, cords are being cut? <laughs> yeah, it probably appears busy, but um, but we we actually eloped, um, which was yeah, it was still still obviously a nice thing to do, but um, it was very uh, very cruisy and and stress free. Um, and yeah, number number two on the way. Uh, like, like any say, day, any day. Yeah, yeah, it, it could be. Um, so yeah, Danny's Danny's due date is actually um for the uh yeah more so closer to the end of Jan. So um could could be any any time from now. I mm. think she's definitely ready to. Oh, she, she's had a. I think she's she's um had a fairly good pregnancy and, and yeah cope with it all pretty well. But I think yeah the last last couple of days she's she's pretty ready to um have it out in in the in the world i think um <laughs> so yeah that's that's exciting um yeah geordie's uh two two and a bit now so i think it'll be a pretty decent age gap well i'm hoping anyway where we can get him on the chores and get him to uh to help out <laughs> time 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 will tell but yeah that's that that's it um that's it for us um to uh have our hands full but you know we're, we're super lucky in, in that we um we have a lot of support with with Danny's family um you know they're close to home and and my mum comes up basically once a month from Adelaide so yeah we're, we're we're very grateful for for the help that we have um especially when I'm away so no it's um exciting times perfect mate um we uh wish you absolutely all the best with it uh no better uh, no better prize to hold than uh than than one of your own so uh, that's going to be uh, an exciting couple of weeks for all of you guys. And look, you just mentioned about getting your two and a half year old to help. I've got a 13 year old and she doesn't help at all. <laughs> so if you can figure out a way to, to, uh, to get the siblings well, to help, then I, reckon, I need, I, I need, I need some help there too. I, re- I reckon the two and you probably, probably more chance with the two and a half than the 13 year old. <laughs> I, I reckon. <laughs> exactly. Cool, mate. All right. Hey, looking forward Easier. to you. Easy to bribe. <laughs> exactly. Uh, looking forward to seeing you back inside a, a, a race car. It's all going to kick off pretty soon. Appreciate your time on Parked Up and we'll see you at a racetrack soon. No probs. Thanks for the chat. Well, thank you, Tim Slade. Great to uh, chat to him for a uh, for an extended piece. There's lots going on in his world uh, and we wish him all the best for 2023 and beyond. Okay, right. Let's uh, change speeds a little bit. Let's uh, some less less of the V8s and more of the turbochargers. My very good network our friend Heath McAlpine spoke to Zach Suter. Now Zach was one or has been one of the standout TCR privateers over the past couple of years, running a private entry for his own team Suter uh, Motorsports team. They've uh, they've enjoyed a, a close connection to Wall Racing, which I guess is uh, the team that led Tony D'Alberto to uh, that absolutely marvellous TCR series title uh, last year. As Zach has uh, been absolutely one of the standouts in his private entry, uh, race wins, a couple of podiums, but this year he's uh, leaving Tony D. See you later, mate. And he's going to go uh, switch from Honda into an Audi. His his own team is still going to run it. Uh, and Heath McAlpine starts it up with asking, yeah, why switch? 
this year you're going to change it up and go Audi. What what's the sort of decision behind that? Yeah, absolutely. So I guess um yeah, for twenty twenty three, really excited to announce that we're going to a um a brand new Audi RS three LMS TCR car. Um, there's been a massive amount of hard work in the background, trying to put deals together and trying to figure out how we can do this to, to make it all happen. And um yeah, it's all it's it's uh you know very sort of I guess um yeah happy to say that it's all come together. So. Yeah, um, very very tough decision. Um, our family and our whole team loves the Honda. You know, it's, it was our first TCR car, and um, we've put so many hours into that thing, making it sort of beautiful and and competitive. And um, it's sad to see it go, but uh, I think the Audi is the next step for myself and and our team. And why is that so? Because I mean, um, there's a lot of you know, there's a few TCR brands to choose from. Why the Audi? Well, I guess there's a few factors, I guess, with the Audi. Um, there, was, there was nothing wrong with the Honda, and honestly, we were ready to continue on with Honda and um, continue our relationship with Wall Racing, but we, we sort of decided that um, it was time that we looked at a new car. The Honda we had been running, I think, was the very first Honda that they built, the current model Honda. So, um, you know, it was sort of six years old, and it was sort of time to look for something else. Yep. Um, and unfortunately, with the timing of the new Honda, we weren't going to be able to get one out for the start of 2023. Um, but, you know, we sort of started shopping around and uh, discovered that there was an opportunity to get an Audi here for the first round of, of this season, and that's just the way we went. Yep, fantastic, fantastic. And, I mean, the thing is as well, you finished sixth in the series, I think, last year. You won at Simmons Plains last year as well. I mean, um, and it was, I think, what the first, mate, I'm going to put my uh, neck out there and say it was the first privateer win in TCR Australia. Yeah, I think it's the I think it's the first and only. I think. First and only. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> but like, but anyway, I mean that you know it bodes well. I suppose that Audi was quick last year. You, I presume you've got a relationship with uh, MPC as well, so it sort of ticked all the boxes in a way. Yeah. Exactly. Um. You know, we've sort of, I think we're going to form a bit of a relationship with MPC. Obviously, you know, myself and Team Suda Motorsport will still run the car. Yep. Um, but the good thing with MPC is that they're based in Melbourne um, and we're based in Geelong. So, you know, to get parts or, or go and talk to Troy and the team up at MPC is really easy now. Um, you know, so, and plus, too, I think, um, I guess the only thing that held, held us back last year was, um, you know, a bit of a mix of inexperience in some places with car setup. Um, and then, obviously, the, the Honda's a great car, but there was a few tracks like Bathurst, that it really didn't suit. Um, so I think that, you know, for us this year, we're really going to step it up in that um, we've got that experience now and the Audi seems to be fast at every circuit. Um, so, you know, hopefully we can really, um, you know, be in the mix of the championship proper come the end of the year this year. Absolutely. And, um, I mean, as well as, like, I mean, expectations for you, I mean, uh, you're going to be learning a new car as well. Um, you know, you are talking about learning just before, um, and it's sort of you got to maybe go through that process again. But um, I think Jay proved last year that that car is pretty easy to learn. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Well, you never know, you know, like, you know, the, the car could turn up and, um, you know, it might not suit my driving style or it might suit it really well. You just, you know, I'm not sure at this stage. Um and with the way things are going, it's still on a ship over near Egypt somewhere. So, you know, it's going to be very tight between it arriving and actually, you know, being wheeled down in the container and getting anywhere near a track. So I'd say the first time I'll drive it will be on the, on the Friday at Simmons Plains. 
Um, and obviously, only getting two sessions to get used to it. It's going to be pretty, uh, <laughs> pretty tight turnaround. But um, yeah, we'll, we'll figure it out. I'll let you know on Friday night at Simmons whether it's going well or not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I mean, as well, uh, you know, it sort of shows your your commitment to TCR as well, or your family's commitment to TCR. And you know, it's not you're in for the long haul rather than you know for the uh, for the year or so. Yeah, absolutely. We've backed TCR from the moment we got into it. You know, I love TCR. It's a great category, and I just love the fact that um, obviously it's a worldwide category. And the coolest part about this year is the fact that you know the world is coming to us. So um, there could be a better time to be in TCR, and um, I don't think there's a better time to sort of being you know to be upgrading our material like we are and, and have a really hard crack at the uh, the championship. Thank you, Zach, and thank you, Heath, for that great piece of audio. The uh, the TCR Australia Series kicks off. Down at Race Tasmania, which will be part of uh, the Speed Series. Of course, you'll see it all on Stan Sport. And it's kind of the first national motorsport championships that will kick off for the year. The Bathurst 12 Hour, it's international these days. So uh, looking forward to our regular championships starting to get kicked off uh, down there at Simmons Plains. So, okay, out of uh, young gun Zach Suter into a former young gun. Uh, nah, look, he's, he's still pretty young in my eyes. His name is John Bow, uh, one of the absolute legends, Australian touring car champion, two-time Bathurst 1000 winner. He's won 150 million touring car masters races, but his touring car masters career is coming to an end and he's going to hang up the full-time helmet at the end of this year, driving his uh, mighty little Holden Tirana. So, Mark Fogarty from Parked Up Plus every Monday, 5 p.m. Of course, you knew that too. Uh, he caught up with JB to get to the bottom of why this will be JB's TCM swan song. John Bauer, welcome back to Parked Up. It's been a while, but you're, well, you're sort of back in the news. You've announced that, <laughs> well, it's going to be like a, a farewell touring car masters tour, isn't it? Yes, sort of it is, yeah. I mean, I, I'm not sure it's any big deal to anybody, but I thought, you know, with the advent of, of social media, I have a, a following of people that, that probably I didn't have way back in my, let's call it heyday. So, you know, I, I announced that this was going to be my last year of Touring Car Masters mainly for those people, you know. I meet them at the track all around the countryside or... I meet them at car shows. I was at Summer Nats last weekend. I meet them there. So, I mean, it's it's very nice to be, I don't know, what's the word, like probably. So, yeah, I'm going to do one more year TCM, but I'm not, I don't think I'll ever retire from driving a race car to some extent. I don't want to. And, and as long as I can get my feet on the pedals and my hand on the steering wheel, I'll try and race something. One of my, very good friends, Joe Collegia, has got a few historic race cars, so I'll, I'll drive one of those occasionally. And I quite like production racing. I'm going to do the Bathurst six hour in a few weeks or at Easter time. So it's just the the intensity of Touring Car Masters. It's not the intensity of the racing. It's it's more raising the money to do it and all that sort of thing. I think, you know, I might just smell the roses or the high octane petrol a bit more so as you make clear this is not heading towards retirement from race driving but 
I guess it is effectively your last year as a, well, a professional race driver. Yeah, probably. I mean, I I wouldn't count. I think Touring Car Masters is a fantastic category and, I, you know, I'd love to drive in it forever. But the fact is I've had a good run at it. I've had a good innings at it. I've won quite a lot of races and championships and all that sort of stuff. So, you know, uh, I want to probably do a few other things. Uh, but yes, I'm not going to, I love racing. I grew up in it as a kid and I've done it all my, from basically just past adolescence until to now. So I'm not looking to not do it anymore, but obviously, you know, you get older and you have different sort of priorities. I've got grandchildren now that I'd like to spend a bit more time with. You know, it's not, it's more of a John Farnham final tour rather than a you know than a uh who else who else has retired lately <laughs> even people like russell ingalls made the odd comeback haven't they well i was going to say if it's a uh, johnny farnham's style farewell you'll be making several comebacks won't you well yeah i mean if someone say next year if someone said to me and they had a good touring car masters car yeah, come and do a race meeting with us. Well, of course, I probably would if I was, you know, in reasonable shape. So it's just I'm not going to, you know, every year you chase championships and you chase points and all that sort of stuff. Well, I'm not going to do that after 2023. Your race driving career is, what, 50 years and and counting, but yeah. clearly... Not only do you have the enthusiasm to keep going, but, you know, after a couple of small setbacks or a couple of setbacks, you know, you're basically pretty fit and healthy, certainly for your age. Yeah, yeah, I am. Yeah, I, I, I'm blessed, I think, yeah. Um, my enthusiasm has never gone away. It's funny, it's hard to explain, but uh, I'm a, at a racetrack, even if I'm not driving, I'm I'm in a happy place. It's... it's uh, it's a bit strange, really, but I, I love being at the racetrack. I love interacting with people that are there, with, you know, say, enthusiasts, other drivers. Yeah, I'm a, I was made to do what, I, what I've what i done, I think. I was very lucky that I could do it, you know, for, for a very long period of time. I think my racing career, if you call it a career, has probably been longer than almost anyone in the history of Australian motor racing. It's certainly been long and very successful, but just, you know, in Touring Car Masters, you know, since you stepped out of supercars full time, you know, this has been your big playground, championships, race wins, you've done all of that. But talk about, you know, in Touring Car Masters, what is so far your highlight or, or highlights? Uh, yeah, I, I don't think I've had a good you know, really good run of results. Sometimes, you know, motor racing is not always a bit of roses, but I've had opportunities to to race good cars and I've had good support. So the thing a lot of people don't perhaps understand fully unless they do it is that TCM cars are really fun, old-style cars. They've got a more than enough power probably too much power and they've got tiny tires in comparison to most racing categories nowadays 
and they have zero aero. So you get all things going on, like, uh, you know, trying to balance the car on the, on the tie grip and the throttle. The brakes are only relatively small, but they, but they're okay, but they operate in the highest temperature range ever. It, they're just challenging in a different way than modern race cars are. So they're really enjoyable to drive. So that, I'll, I'll certainly miss that part of it. So uh, back in when Touring Car Masters first started, they morphed out of Group N, which is, you know, historic touring cars. But And I've driven a historic touring car because Joe College has got one. I've driven it a few times. The TCM cars are miles more enjoyable to drive than a historic touring car. So, yeah, I'll miss it. Sure, but you know, I I started my life as an open wheeler driver, and I love open wheelers, and I I might even try and acquire some sort of historic open wheeler, and you know, go back to my roots, a trailer and a Ute. I don't yeah. know yet; I haven't got that far yet. <laughs> yeah, well, don't know. Don't you think it's a bit late to be getting into a some spindly little old thing? Oh, I've uh, driven them like race you know, car. I mean, yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. I, um, I've driven them on and off, you know, just as a, a guest for the last 10 years, I guess. Uh, several years ago, I drove a Brabham late 60s with a Ripco engine that Sir Jack Brabham raced in Australia in 1968. That fantastic car to drive. Like, I grew up in that era. So, you know, you, as my dad used to point out to me, they only go as fast as you press the throttle. So... I would like to do some stuff like that, but whether I do, who knows? I've got to get through 2023 first. As you say, you started in open wheelers and you've always been a big open wheel fan, even when you've been racing, you know, tin tops. So, you know, as an outsider, well, a close observer, S5000. Yeah. I pretty much know what you'll say, you know, in terms of what you think <laughs> about it, but how do you think it's going? And, do you really see it has a has a long future here in Australia and hopefully New Zealand? Well, I, I don't, you know, I don't know because I'm not really close enough to it, but I see it as a terrific category of open wheel racing. It's got all the right ingredients. And, you know, the last race meeting they had in Adelaide, there was a reasonable field. And I see it, the problem with Australia for the last 25 or 30 years has been so f focused and obsessed with touring car stuff that, you know, uh, sometimes people don't see the sky for the trees. Now, I always believed this and I still think it's current and, and I think it's been proven this last year or two that if you can drive a, a good open wheeler, a big open wheeler well, you can drive a touring car easily. and I think James Golding proved that. Nathan Hearn is, is another one that comes to mind. And, and uh, I, I've been, because I've met him and know him, I've been really impressed with Joey Mawson in many ways, not just his driving ability, which is a plain to see. So I think, you know, the people that have got, let's call them wealthy parents that look to do Super 2 as a way to get into the main series of supercars may start to look at 
S5000 because if you can drive an S5000 well, you can drive a supercar well without any shadow of a doubt. So I hope that that happens and we end up with 20 cars. And uh, I have to say that, you know, the amount of effort that Gary and Barry Rogers and GRM have put into that category is, is most impressive. And as you know, our friend journalist, Chris Lambden put a lot of effort into it as well. So, you know, it deserves to succeed. It really does. And it's got all the right ingredients. When you watch them at Adelaide, they, they're impressive cars to watch. They sound good. They're quick enough without being stupid. You know, I, I really like them. Yes, they certainly are a great spectacle on on street tracks. They, they seem particularly uh, suited to that. And... As you were saying, I mean, you were the pioneer, I guess, in in proving that you can go from uh, big banger open wheels back in the day, F5000, and transition into a front-running touring car driver. Yeah, I guess I don't know whether I was a pioneer, but I was one of the... Early on in the piece, this is back in the, you know, the, the early Brock uh, Moffat-style days, People in the touring car world thought that open wheelers, open wheel drivers couldn't drive touring cars. And it was it wasn't that they couldn't drive them, but the touring cars of the period, I'm talking L34, Tiranas and things like that, had very marginal handling, very marginal brakes and all that sort of stuff. When I came along, it was Group A. So the cars had good brakes. They weren't massively powerful. And they weren't very difficult to drive, I have to say. I mean, I uh, I, I was offered a, a test in a, in the Volvo Group A car in 1985 by Mark Pitch, and I went to Oran Park to test it, to drive it. And within 20 laps, I was faster than the bloke that was driving it regularly. So I didn't find it overly difficult. I mean, it's touring car racing at supercar level is incredibly intense and competitive but i think you know an open wheeler a good open wheeler driver such as the ones i've mentioned could very easily transition into supercars which i'd like to see happen because you know i mean open wheel racing is to me the pinnacle yes and certainly those uh drivers you mentioned from s5000 they they certainly deserve to get a shot in the supercars main game but um there are some obstacles at the moment. All right, then. Yeah, yeah. No, John I'm sure there's some obstacles, yeah. yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, behind the scenes, I'm talking about. Um, but, yeah, John, great to chat. You know, your career, too, we, could, we could still be talking, you know, this time next week with that. But for now, we'll look forward to your first farewell tour. <laughs> right, oh, good on you. It's my second farewell tour, really, like. 2007 was uh, was my last year of supercars, and I was in a very bad headspace. You know, I was clinically depressed, so it was very difficult to to actually enjoy the things that I wanted to enjoy. And this year, I'm going to try and because I love hanging out with the in the TCM tent with the people and with touring car masters. You can wander in and out of the the pit area. You can. Uh, look at the cars, get pictures of yourself sitting in them or whatever. It's a different different scene and hopefully that will continue on and I'll be able to enjoy the, the year and I'd like to see everybody come and say 
hi or chow or whatever you, whatever language you speak. I'm sure they will, and I'm sure it'll be more fun for you this time as you explained. And just think, a second round of testimonials, you'll make like a bandit. <laughs> yeah. Yes, indeed, indeed. I, uh, one of my friends is a stats guru, and, he, and I think he said, I can't remember the exact number, but it was over 1,250 races that I've uh, competed in, and there'll, there'll be more to come yet, I can tell you that. We look forward to it. John Bauer, thanks, thanks for your time. Thank you. There we go. That was Mark Fogarty with John Bauer. We thank JB for his time. We thank Mark Fogarty for his continued efforts on the uh, mighty Parked Up Plus. Every Monday, 5 p.m., the latest breaking news from Australia and around the world. Vogue still has his finger on the pulse. So uh, a great listen, and I encourage everyone to uh, get in and have a listen to that. Okay, that's enough for me. We've got some pretty serious motor races coming up very soon. Bathurst 12 hours, only a couple of weeks away. The Grand Annual Classic down at Warrnambool, the 50th running of it. Uh, I'm going to go down and check how check out uh, the uh, a bit of Speedway skids. Uh, but uh, look, for now, be safe. Take care. Talk to you next week. You've just listened to another Network Hub production. 